everyone. Welcome to another edition of the Pioneer Perspective. As always, my name is Brad and I am joined by Alex. Alex, you're here. Say something. Say something. Hello, we're back. We have things. We're looking at some cool charts and gadgets and whatnots. I said gadgets when I was trying to say widgets and gadgets at the same time. Whoopsie daisy. Just efficiency. Just combine yeah. the words. Slap them together. Yeah, we're looking at gizmos, gadgets, what do you call it, and all that good fucking shit. It's like Willy Wonka's chocolate factory in here because finally innovation is back on the menu, much like the wonderful chocolate river. It never ceases to stop giving. And we have Luris gone, banned, gonzo, bye, dead cat. Uh, yeah. Are you excited? Eh? I, I'm very, very mixed on it. And I think... I think the banning was a mistake, in all fairness. Um, I think it was just a really weird ban. And I'll, I'll pull up, I think it's important to discuss the, the reasoning that they gave. Yeah. So, all right, I looked up to Pioneer. While considerably less dominant in Pioneer today, they talked about Modern first, 20% the Magic Online League decks that started with four wins, we expect that Lurus's metagame share will only grow as Pioneer's card pool expands. Our philosophy for Pioneer is to create the most compelling sandbox built from recent standard formats. As Pioneer continues to grow over time, that incentive of non-rotating formats to pick and choose the most efficient cards from each release will become more pronounced and Lurus will only serve to accelerate that process. In the interest of preserving the diversity that Pioneer is enjoying, rather than waiting for the critical mass in which Lurus of the Dream brand is problematic, it is banned in Pioneer. Now, Brad, forget that this is about Lurus and replace every instance of Lurus you just read by Treasure Cruise. Yeah. <clears throat> it's the same argument, right? It is, yeah. I think banning Treasure Cruise today would be fucking stupid. So in that degree, I, I think banning Luris is stupid. So from a deck building perspective, I think it's awesome. It opens up a lot of like cool stuff and people can run like cool curve toppers. And basically people say they unlocked three drops, also known as collected company is even better now. Yeah. Um, but if we look at the recent meta, so I pull up the metagame page. There are quite a few Luris decks, obviously. But there's also quite a few non-Luris decks that are getting better. Um, we see still Phoenix is good. Azorius Control is good. Winoda is still good. Jeskai Ascendancy is still good. Um, Niftalite is still there. And I don't know. We, we see a lot of decks. In, and I'd say some of the decks that people really dislike in Pioneer are Niv because it kills every other mid-range deck. And most of these combo e decks, because people are like, hey, I can't do my cool mid range thing. So either I get shit on my Niv in the mirror, or I get wrecked by combo. Well, do you know what's really good against these type of decks? You want aggro in your format. And now aggro takes a kick in the nuts for like no reason. Mm. And blue white control is up and up. Some people are calling it the best deck in the format. And then you randomly on a Monday decide that aggro deck should be worse. I don't know. I'm I am a little worried that this just pushes us more into 
it's all control and combo and sacrifice, basically. And I don't know if that actually makes the game more fun. You can have a cooler deck, but are you actually enjoying the matches you're playing more? Yeah, I don't... I mean, it's hard. Uh, I wish they would have worded it differently. I, I think their explanations... Their explanation feels like something that was tacked on at the end rather than an actual in-depth explanation. If they would have sit there and, or sat there and been like, you know, we deem that Loris is similar to Smuggler's Copter to an extent in which it restricts deck building. You feel like you always have to play with it when you're playing an aggro deck and you don't have any room to explore beyond what Loris is trying to do or whatever. Shit, they could have just linked my uh, my, my mailbag article and that that would have been a better, more sufficient explanation. This will do. <laughs> yeah. So I I think they just dropped the dropped the ball there in terms of trying to justify it. But I do see your point. I wish, wish, it was banned as companion. I really I mean, do. That would have been better, but obviously, I think even that would be wrong. It's just, I don't know. I just don't see why you ban a card when it's not broken. And if 20% of your decks are Luris decks, but there are like 15 different Luris decks, that doesn't strike me as a real issue. I'm not saying that Luris is fun, necessarily. But, you know, coming back to what I said, that the decks that people don't like playing against. And this is actually... I hadn't brought it up yet because, um, you know, the news was dropped. But I initially wanted to kind of talk about that today. Because I've been watching uh, some Todd Anderson, and I know he, like, really hates, like, Jeskai Ascendancy, Niv to Light, Lotus Field. These mm -hmm. sort of, like, giga, giga decks that just, like, trounce everything mid-rangey. And then he complains about it while playing Monogreen Devotion. But, um, yep. <laughs> which, you know, here's 15 mana on turn four, but this is okay. Uh, anyway, not, you know, not trying to talk any shit because I really enjoy his content. And I can see where he's coming from. And I think a lot of people share that frustration. Lurus decks generally weren't the decks people hate either. No. Like, okay, some people are like, I don't like playing against auras or... Uh, there's definitely a group of people that um, hate every aggro deck, but I would group those with the people who hate every control deck and refer to that as crybabies and ignore them. Um, so I, I, I just really didn't see a reason to do this. These aren't the decks that people generally hate. I think 20% meta share of a card that is used a lot... Um, I don't think that's a problem then because you're not run even if you're running into Luris decks, which 20%, that means every league you play against one Luris deck, and it's not even the same Luris deck. Why is this a problem now? Why isn't Mystical Dispute banned for that reason? That card's fucking everywhere even in main decks. It's boring. I don't like Mystical Dispute being in the meta, but it doesn't ruin the game for me. So even though I'd be like, yeah, I might 
ban it for the sake of fun a little bit, but I can also see why you want it. And I'm kind of the same about Luris. Aggro decks, they just they can do with a push, and Luris is a good push. So, well, here's the problem. I think we need to let's go backwards a little bit in the announcement, okay? Because this context matters a lot when you then read the Pioneer one, okay? So for modern. They said, since the release of Modern Horizons 2, Modern has enjoyed a period of experimentation and exploration. Despite that, Luris of the Dream Den has remained a ubiquitous presence in the format across multiple archetypes. Luris's play rate, 31% in Magic Online League decks to start with four wins, points to a card that is contributing to the homogenization of modern play experience. There is not a significant enough deck building cost to incorporate it into a wide variety of strategies. As is often the case in larger non-rotating formats, there are already strong incentives to uh, include as many cheap and efficient cards as possible in your deck due to format speed and variety of other pressures. Luris compounds those incentives by providing a powerful additional resource that helps to alleviate the weakness of filling your deck with a cheaper and often less impactful cards as games go on. For, to uh, for too many archetypes, Luris is not a trade-off, but a purely additive Due to play data, community feedback, and desire to keep a diverse range of card options as possible available to modern players, Luris is banned. So that explanation made a ton of sense, right? The, well, it was yeah, it, but there's two things that really stand out to me that differ from the modern one and the pioneer one. Mm -hmm. First of all, I heard more... Now, this is, I mean... Twitter, right? That's only a small part of the Magic community. But mm -hmm. I heard from content creators and players that people generally started to dislike Modern. I didn't hear that for Pioneer. You're and right. even when there are people that complain about Pioneer, 9 out of 10 times, and I heard people complain about Modern, they said, well, it's Luris. I hate Luris. And you see Luris in every game. And I feel like I'm restricted in playing Luris and in modern, and I think that sort of leads into the second one, so I'll finish this point quick. But again, I didn't really hear that about Pioneer. Or if people didn't like something about Pioneer, it wasn't Luris decks. Well, this is the issue. Um, this this is, goes back to wizards contradicting themselves on a daily basis. We see this all the time with them. Uh, miscommunication between different departments, things like that, um, seemingly not kind of up to par with one another. It kind of reads that way here. So you read all that about modern, right? And then let's skip ahead in the in the Pioneer one again. Our philosophy for Pioneer is to create the most compelling sandbox built from recent standard formats. As Pioneer continues to grow over time, that incentive not to rotating formats to pick up and choose the most efficient cards, blah, 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 makes Luris better, basically. It's kind of funny because I read that as like, you know, people have said for the longest time that Pioneer was always designed to be a standard plus, not a modern light. Yeah. This feels like on one hand they're saying that, but on the other hand, they're also saying the opposite, right? So they're saying on the first part their philosophy is to make it like that standard plus environment, but then they immediately say it's maybe it's not as much as modern being 20%, but we're afraid it's gonna head down that road and become like that. They're trying to solve the problem of pioneer of a format by making the same solution they did for modern, right? They're, they're basically trying to do two birds, one stone. They're like, they're similar enough, apparently, 
and kind of solve it that way. It feels like they're trying to just equate them as as, as uh, yeah. philosophies. There's just, and I think this is the second thing I want to see in the modern one. So this, I think this was a very important sentence. Lurus compounds, uh, let's see if it's, oh, for too many archetypes, Lurus isn't a trade-off, but purely additive. That's just not true in Pioneer. Like, do you think that Feather decks wouldn't like to play a few Feathers? Yeah. Like, don't you think that Ors of Humans would really enjoy playing Adeline? Or Kudro. Or Kudro. Um, Rectal Sacrifice decks have to, can't play Lurus if they're playing Karn. I'm sure, I'm sure that the Karn versions would run Lurus as a companion if they could. Yeah. But or they make the, the trade-off, the... I want Karn. I want Mayhem Devil. I want Corvault junt once so i choose not to run luris so i just don't think it's true that you can say that the, the same thing applies here and i'm not saying that you do but like wizards seems to do that in this announcement where they're like yeah kind of yeah, same applies i also think the idea of preventative bans are fucking stupid right we live in the modern age we can ban oh. cards i mean you don't got to tell me, Alex. They did that to Kethis. That was the whole reason <laughs> he got banned. <laughs> but like a preventative ban. But like, we no one saw this coming. This is unannounced, and they dropped on a random Monday. Oh man, Lurus is gone. It's stupid. We no longer live in the world that BNR announcements are set, and they happen once every couple months. And if a format sucks, got away to the next BNR. That, that's just no longer... They keep flip-flopping on that, but realistically, we don't live in that time. If a format sucks, it can be changed next week. So why do you make policy as if we still live in 2018 and be in ours every three months? Like, it, it's so conflicting. And I thought that the whole point of moving away from BNRs on a set date is that you didn't have to do this so See, what is it why, why do you act like you live in 2018 but then have policy like you're in 2020 it doesn't make any sense to me at all i don't blame wizard I, okay th this is tough okay this is a really tough thing to figure out between scheduled announcements and unscheduled and things like that because okay let's look at Yu-Gi-Oh. Okay, Yu-Gi-Oh does this with Konami. They release a ban and they they'll drop it kind of unannounced. But there's a window for every ban announcement. They they have a thing at the top of the page um, that says uh, no ban announcement until at least this date. Okay, um, and I can even give you an actual. Uh, so if I look at their so if I look at the forbidden limited list. So it's effective for February 7th, 2022. Um, the, it says the next update will be in a few months. They used, they, 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 that's a recent thing they did. They used to actually say no, uh, will be no earlier than, like let's say the band drops in February. They'll say the band, next band announcement is no earlier than June of this year. Okay. So you create 
there's a little bit of feedback, right? There's a little bit of that nugget of information to let you know there, it, there will be another announcement later this year. We'll address it. We do this every time. But what happens all the time with Yu-Gi-Oh! in the competitive scene is that you have people, and even the local scene, even just like a, a regular like Saturday event, I've seen this happen in my, uh, several different locals when I played Yu-Gi-Oh! competitively. When you get close to that window they're talking about of the next ban list happening, people sell out of their cards because they you can pretty much guarantee what cards are going to be hit most of the time. You can kind of get a sense of what they're going to do. Um, they get rid of their cards and they flat out just don't play. Like you have less of a turnout for events and you get this lame duck period. Yeah, but that, that's why Magic did. This was the exact same in Magic. When we had I know, set BNRs. I, I know that that's what I'm saying. That's why it's tough to make it set BNRs. But on the flip side, like what you're saying with the unannounced BNRs, you just randomly just smack it on someone and you're like, okay. No, but well, that's that, that the point I'm trying to make is that's why a preventative ban is nonsense. You don't have to preventatively ban if you have set the precedent that you can ban a card at any point. So why do it? This is the same where you know, I, I'll be honest, when Consider was spoiled, I was like full hyperbolic mode because I thought the card was absolutely going to break the, the Delph spells. Mm. And I almost, I basically argued for a preventative ban. Turn out, that was absolutely unnecessary. Yep. And it would have been a dumb thing to do. So that's why I'm like, I don't get why they, they do it now. And what I also find about it find weird about it so we now set the precedent that we can ban cards at any point and the effective date of the ban is today so if you bought cards last weekend to play with next weekend get fucked right because yeah. you can potentially not play them well so sucks to suck alex the, uh, yeah. the secondary market doesn't exist yeah, exactly. Unless we try and build mana bases for challenger decks, because then they suck. Otherwise, they get too expensive. Or um, secret layers. Yeah. But no, I, I, <clears throat> I think it's more f deck building is more fun without Luris in format. Agreed. But I don't actually know if playing Pioneer is going to be more fun, and I would argue there is a reasonable chance it becomes less fun. Because just just for just to point out, he means actually the verb of playing Pioneer and the action of playing Pioneer. The website playing Pioneer is going to get more fun because oh, we're going to have a lot that's more. That's going to get more. Uh, it gets more stuff. excellent by the day. But we, we no, actually, we have like cool people hop in and like you know we 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 are still getting more and more people on who put their thoughts on the website and might start writing things and have like the video series. So we're actually doing all the cool things. Yeah. Um, but because. When I think of a format, and this is why I wanted to initially start talking about this today, um, before we got the whole Luris ban thing. I played uh, some Historic the other day, just to do my quests, and I played a mono green deck, which was literally just mono green cheap stuff because I had this quest to cast spells. Mm -hmm. I ended up with a board state of um, some 1-1, I think it was Llanowar Elf, Augur of Autumn, Yorn God of Winter, and about 10 snow-covered basics. And that meant Agar of Autumn could cast spells from the top, but when I hit a land, 
I had explore creatures in my hand. So I could play the explore creature, draw the land from the top, and keep casting spells. And I was like, this is cool. And all these cards are legal in Pioneer. And then I realized that this was absolutely too dirty and stupid and bad. Now, I will say, generally, and I think I think I speak for the majority here, is that a lot of people desire magic to be more like that. Like that Augur of Autumn, Yorn, play stuff off the top, lots of basic school magic kind of thing. That, yeah, that people want to cast Fair. Siege Rhino, right? People yeah. want magic to be slower and fairer, and people want to be able to cast their spells. This is a push towards a meta that is more focused on Rectal Sack, Lotus Field, Jeskai Ascendancy, Blue-White Control, Niftalite. I don't know if it makes... Well, I think the meta will become less fun if we get an overwhelming number of that. And this is just a push in that direction that was absolutely uncalled for. Well, let's look at... So on the, on one hand, you might have that kind of meta, right? Let's look at decks that were running Luris and see if they, they can expand at all. So let's look at uh, Rakto's Aggro is what it's listed as, right? Which is basically just like Arcanist. Um, but with more of the blood token stuff going on, and then the uh, your uh, actually, this one's not even running. Um, what's it called? Anvil, it's really weird. Yeah, there, Goldfish some... has like too many Rakdos variants listed. Okay, let's look at okay, let's look at Rakdos Anvil. Okay, runs Voldaren Epicure, your Blood Tide Harvester. And then your slew of removal spells, artifact creations, um, your anvils, that kind of thing. And that runs Luris. Now, they could play Mayhem Devil. A lot of sacrifices and stuff going on. Um, they, so they could expand into, expand into Mayhem Devil, which, to be fair, is one of the decks we were just talking about. Um, let's see, there's... If you, if you cut Mithruk Massacre from that deck, you could play Gigantha. Yeah, be good. Uh, there's blue light and soul. Complete um, Gunther. Yeah. Well, what what are they gonna do? Okay, I'm trying to think. If, is there any like ways to go up to three? Like, do they even want that? Would soul want that? Is there anything a three and soul would want? Know, or was Lurus just a card you... that they could play? I don't think they. Before you were there were. Two reasons not to be Luris. One was to be Izzet. So you could play Shrapnel Blast uh, and that sort of thing. Which I think is a valid thing. And now mm -hmm. just, you know, because Blue White and Soul lost Luris, Blue Red and Soul was comparatively a little bit better. Um, and the other reason was this was before AFR. It's because you wanted to run Skilled Animator to have more and Soul effects. Now, Blackstaff yeah. of Waterdeep got <clears throat> put into the game, and now you were basically just Lurus for free. Mm -hmm. So I don't think there is much of a reason. But obviously, I didn't have time to go into Scryfall and look at every 3CMC three, three artifact or every 3CMC blue spell. I, I'm sure there are cool things to do, like having Narset in your sideboard. 
to mess up combo. That's a thing you can do. Now, I think mm. you'd rather just go aggro, but that's just like a quick thing I, I was thinking of. Um, maybe you do actually want a couple of skilled animators. And that's a thing you can be looking at now. Um, if people do too much combo things, another card that was popular before Luris, also running um, Ors of Auras, was Gideon of the Trials. That was a card that was run. And Orzov humans can play Kudro now. And uh, Adolin. Um... Could even play something like... Um... Oh, I lo- I put him in the article thing to say, Ow, Ow the Dawn Sky, or something like that, yeah. the, the dragon. Yeah. Which I think is seen playing historic <clears throat> in those Orzov decks, or at least in standard, in like white aggro decks. You can run that now. Oh, Rose, Alex. There's Azorius Spirits by Traft. He's running Gigantha. Oh, we already did for a while. Oh, no. Like, I saw that a long time ago. And and, and this is just... Well, so I looked it up. Before we started, I was just quickly going through. What Lurus decks can now just be Gigantha decks? So we've got Blue, White, and Soul. Uh, for the record, you can cast this off Spiral of Industry... Mana Confluence and um, Springleaf Drum. Springleaf Drum is any color. So, yeah. so you could just cast Gigantha. You can put it in Feather, uh, unless you want to run actual Feather. But if you just don't want to change the deck, because there's an argument to be made that Feather decks became better when they wanted to run Lurus because they cut Feather. Um, Rectos Blood, unless you, but you have to ditch Fiery Temper, which is like a one-off in the list that I found. Uh, Ors of Auras technically can, but the mana doesn't really support it. There's a couple of planes you could swap for, like, Boros Pathways, but realistically, uh, you can't make it a Giganta deck. Mm-hmm. Um, Rectal Sacrifice, if they ditch Metook Massacre, which you could ditch in favor of uh, Mayhem Devils, and then you just put that in and make it a Giganta deck. Uh, Boros Burn, because that's... If you now look at Boros Burn, you actually get the Artifact deck, with Inventor's Apprentice and that sort of thing, which doesn't run Eidolon, so it's now a Gigantha legal deck. And half the time, Luris was more of almost like a like a backup. Like, oh man, I've, you know, they took all my shit. Yeah. I'll put Luris in my hand. And like, the exception to that is probably Ragdoll's Blood, which did yeah. feel like a deck that would like actively just put Luris in hand on turn three, because mm-hmm. it just made so much sense to do in the deck. You could even like bitch it to a blood and then reanimate it with something or like whatever weird stuff you could come up with. But most of these decks are just like, yeah, my desperation thing is now Gigantha, I guess. Hasn't fixed any problem, really. I guess we'll have to wait and see. Because, I mean, okay, in my... To be fair, okay, in that mailbag... Um, article I wrote for the two ships passing the night thing. I did say this is the solution. So to give provide context, um, there is a second part of the question for the mailbag, and it said, uh, "Can it devolve into this, and what can be done to stop it?" Meaning, can Pioneer devolve into this type of format if it hasn't already being a a two shows passing in a night format and basically in which 
you don't care about interaction. It's just kind of like racing, right? And I said, uh, yes, it can, meaning can it evolve in this format? And I said, as long as Luris is legal. With Luris being in the format, or any format for that matter, we will always be keen to focus on one and two mana permanents whenever a new set comes out. Cards that would be labeled as okay five years ago are now being hailed as incredible because you can play this with Luris. While three plus mana permanents that could truly have some power to them and are being, you know, just dismissed because they cannot go into the Luris deck. Um, it could be stopped by banning the companion rule altogether, play them in your main deck, but leave the pseudo companion, uh, pseudo commander behind. Or maybe the problem is really just Luris. Uh, I said, I don't see any arguments in favor of Gigantha or Yorian warping entire formats around them, nor do I see that coming to fruition should Luris be banned. So out of all the companions, only three of them really see any play. And I said, personally, I, I quite like Yorian Gigantha. I love seeing other companions as well, such as Obos, Sky, uh, the, the Prey Piercer, and uh, Zero to the Dawn Waker and Cycling decks. Um, if Luris is kept in the format, it will likely lead us down to the path of modern. Though, I don't think that will be anytime soon. For now, the silver lining is that Pioneer has not reached this point yet. Three mana permanents are welcome to play it while still being a, uh, a part of a fair amount of decks that boast plenty of interaction. So you see that, Alex? I said the long-term solution is yes, eventually Luris will need to go if yeah. you want to avoid this. But did I say right now, right this second... No, because because again, it's an eventually when when we one of our I think one of our first episodes we did, and a lot of I don't know one of the first episodes that basically every pioneer podcast did. At one point, will would have mentioned that the delve spells aren't here to stay forever. Yeah. In God, how old is Pioneer now? Was it twenty twenty eighteen? Yep. In twenty eighteen. Well, no, twenty nineteen. Twenty nineteen is Eldrin. Oh yeah. I did not expect Treasure Cruise to still be legal in 2022. But here we are. And honestly, three years. it's a it's kind of an okay card. Like, yeah, yeah, it is one of the best cards in the format. Absolutely. But so Luris, I, I am confident that Luris would be banned one day. But I'm not going to say if that's any would have been if it would like obviously now it's today, but like for actual reasons and not weird like, you know, glass orb staring. Um, it could have been one year. It could have been two years. It could have been three years. I don't fucking know. Right. It kind of only broke in modern with modern horizon before it was already kind of a problem and kind of boring and cool cards like liliana weren't seeing play and stuff mm. uh but again this isn't about <clears throat> what's cool this is about what's good because at the end of the day your format is just defined by are my decks good and are they fun to play and i think in modern people were getting bummed i mean mostly junt players were getting bummed that their cool three mana cards that their Bloodbraid Elf could cascade into couldn't be played anymore. But as a whole, it wasn't that big of a problem before Modern Horizons 2 came out. Well, yeah. I think it's going to be a long time before Pioneer gets a set as strong as Modern Horizons mm. 2. Especially I mean, if there's fucking any... So. <laughs> uh, well, I mean, when they do say that our philosophy for our pioneers to create the most compelling sandbox built from recent standard formats, that does give me hope that they don't have any plans for a Pioneer Horizons type of uh, 
Though, I did you watch the recent video from Goldfish where Seth was saying yes, he's why he's worried about? Yeah. Okay. Do you know what I immediately thought of when watching that video? That they put a horizon set in. No, I'm afraid of banning because of Arena. Remember Cat Oven getting banned in Standard because right. of so, how how it clicks on Arena for people listening. Uh, for people listening who don't know the Seth video, what he was basically discussing in that video is like he, on paper, he really wants Pioneer to come to Arena. In practice, he thinks it's a format that, in its current state, will not make Wizards enough money, so Wizards will do something to the format, like they will put alchemy cards in Pioneer. They will say that jumpstart cards are now legal in Pioneer with the excuse that you can get them in paper, you know, if you live in the US. Um, so for that reason, he was like, I'm kind of worried if Pioneer comes to Arena, but that is more that is entirely a problem with Arena and not a problem with Pioneer. Now, I do think I didn't fully agree with the video anyway, because I think Pioneer actually changes quite a bit. Yeah. And I think Pioneer is reasonably impacted by new cards, which drives the sale of new cards more than, like, adding modern wood. And at the end of the day, if Pioneer gets in, gets people to play Arena who otherwise wouldn't have played Arena, which I think it would definitely do, that also makes money. Mm-hmm. So I don't think Pioneer actually wouldn't make him any money. And in all fairness because they have to put the effort into standard, Pioneer would probably be actually the easiest way for them to make money. It just won't be a lot. But it's a pretty easy shoe in to make money. But I did get the concern. And then especially your point about banning for Arena. Yeah, because like if they, cause they banned uh, Cat Oven, or Cauldron Familiar, just Cauldron Familiar actually, um, and Standard, and one of the things they, they cited for that was it too many clicks on arena now to be fair they haven't banned it in historic for anything any reason like that um so maybe that that kind of precedent's gone but imagine if um if lotus field is <laughs> on arena say, right or uh just guy said it see yeah like though i've gotten pretty well fast at playing through ascendancy on and on arena Lotus. is like the tap all your mana button right <clears throat> it does yeah and, and the auto-tapper would just be like, I guess this is what you want. But and I'm going to be honest, when you're playing Ascendancy, most of the time, you're just tapping for a bunch of blue mana. And then you're like, here and there, like, do I need white mana? Or do I need red mana? But yeah. most of the time, oh, when, I when found you're going another off, Ascendancy. Guess I'll tap for a red and a white. Yeah. When, yeah, when you're going off, you're like, blue, 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 blue. Um, so yeah. Uh, but I mean... But could you imagine that kind of ban happening because it's not fun to play on a client as opposed to like how healthy it is in a format? I I I don't <clears throat> think so in a way of like they haven't banned it in historic for that reason. True. So I don't, we don't see ha- why. But they, they also do don't I don't think they have a combo deck like that in historic, really. That's like mm. Timmy style, Storm style, which they tap a lot on tap, that kind of thing. Like Lotus Field know, is legal, but there's especially with the tap all your lands button. Mm-hmm. I think a lot of those because most of the pioneer decks that are like that are they cheap mana. 
So I don't think they'd actually, especially because on Arena, uh, well, and in Magic in general, you don't get priority for tapping mana. So I think the problem with something like Cadalvan is that it will constantly ask your opponent if they want to respond. Mm -hmm. But tapping mana actually doesn't do that. So Lotus Field is just like spell, resolve, cool, tap, spell. And, and then you think about it, Lotus Field casts like 10 spells and then you're dead. So it's not actually that egregious. Yeah. So I, I think it'll be okay. It's it's definitely like um because it's a reasonable concern to have, but I, I I don't think it'll be the I I'm definitely in the like camp of like we'll we'll cross that bridge when we get there. It, it'll be fine. Maybe they should have done the same thing with the Lurus ban. What do you saying mean? we'll cross that bridge when we get oh, there. Oh yeah. Oh yeah, absolutely. Like I still but to move away a little bit from why this ban is stupid. Um it does open up deck building a lot. And I think it's going to bring a lot of cool cards to the forefront. So again, don't know if the play is gonna be as fun, but you're gonna have a lot of oh, that's cool, moments that you're coming FNMs, right? I mm-hmm. think a big winner, and I actually haven't looked up the price of this card yet, um, is Liliana the Last Hope. Yeah. It's a card I think could be very good. Um, which is... she's She's gone down a little bit. She's like 15 which, now, I think. Which is just like another sh- like kick in the nuts for aggro. Like, yeah, people are going to play Liliana the Last Hope now. And you're like, oh no. <laughs> Plus, kill one of my one toughness creatures. Like, just let me be, dude. <laughs> Alex, don't don't convince me to buy my the rest of my playset. Don't do it. Oh, I told that story that I sold them, right? Yeah. Like, right before Pioneer the, got announced. Like, a month before Pioneer got announced, I sold them. Yeah, she's 15 right now. I remember when I... Oh, dude, when I bought... Liliana, I thought I think she was like thirty, almost forty. I, I sold her for like that, that amount. So I, I wasn't particularly yeah. sad about selling her, but I was just very keen on not buying her again. Also, I think um, we're talking about like with the Jun sacrifice decks, or I, I, more so, I guess the the Rakdos ones, maybe slotting a Mayhem Devil. Maybe they can play Liliana Heretical Healer, uh, Healer. I think that one's really cool. Yeah. I if we get it. into this type of format where there's a lot of interaction and a lot of like mid-rangey type of shit going on, like you're talking about, like combo and like control and shit, that's a good card to have in a, in a sack deck. Because you flip that bitch. You, okay, you play her on turn three. You're probably flipping her right there on turn three, right? And then you just have, likely, you, start, yes. you just start discarding your opponents and then you can minus to get back a Cauldron Familiar for free to have an extra... Uh, ping that kind of thing or like you can even minus get like a mayhem devil back eventually and i don't remember what her alt is um heretical healer i think just has a minus x to reanimate a non-legendary creature yeah but there it has another one it, ha- it does have an alt has three no i think she's plus to like each player discard a card and her minus is like target player discards a card no I don't think that is. I mean, there is a each player discards a card. Um. Oh yeah, wait, you're right. 
it's the plus two to each player discard a card, minus is the thing I said, and then eight is you get an emblem with whenever a creature dies, return it to the battlefield under your control at the beginning of the next ten step. That sounds really good in sack. <laughs> That's pretty good, but I mean, she does start at three, right? Yeah, but she has a plus two. Takes a while to get there. I mean, I mean that's that's why it's an ultimate. Yes, turn six. I mean, you're not going to get to six against Lotus, but if, if you're playing three mana, three, two, three lifelinks. But I mean, um, maybe if you're discarding their hand. Yeah, true. Yeah. I mean, it is. It's not a bad card by any stretch of the imagination. Other Liliana, we could definitely see is um, is it Waker of the Dead? It was the format? I love one. that card. Yeah, I love that card. Right, that's a card that gets a lot of equity. We can also think of decks Death that Majesty. didn't run Luris, like Mono Black Aggro. Like that definitely gets a boost um, mm -hmm. in the aggro uh, in the aggro department. But again, and and I hate falling back on this this negativity, but it's you know it is kind of how I feel about it. We can think of decks like Rakdos, like Mono Black Aggro is now a better aggro deck because it didn't run Luris and all the, basically every aggro deck did at this point. And they all lose Luris and they, they don't. So they are quote unquote winners. But in part, there is a reason Mono Black Aggro isn't seeing a lot of play because it's not the best aggro deck. Right. So if it becomes the best aggro deck because everything else becomes weaker... There is still a good shot. You shouldn't play it. But if it's now the best aggro deck, just because everything else is now worse, it's like, yeah, if you want to play aggro, you should play mono black. But, you know, fine print says you probably just shouldn't be playing aggro. Though, yes, uh, yes, Luris does, or Luris not being in, a, in the format anymore does hurt aggro decks, right? They lose out on that just free card so like we were talking about earlier with the exception of Rakdos Blood being an archetype that wants to aggressively go into Luris as fast as possible to accelerate its own game plan most other aggro decks usually use Luris as a fail safe rather than a plan A so I would argue that that doesn't mean they're dead in the water Oh no! It no, just I... means that they—I mean, they—they they lose that failsafe, sure. But when aggro decks win, they usually—I mean, let's be honest. If you're playing Boros Burn, right, and you're at the point where you have to bring back—I mean, maybe like bring back a monster so sphere for like the haste and stuff like that can can do stuff. But most of the time, you're you're too far behind if well, you yeah. fizzled. Yeah, I, I agree that you know. um I might have given off that impression, but I don't think aggro's dead or something now. Like, I think blue-white, and all the people are saying like, oh yeah, blue-white and soul is now like no longer a good deck or something. And it's like, I, I think that's nonsense. Uh, blue-white and all the aggro decks lose like a percentage point or whatever, right? Or two. But to be honest, a couple percentage points is still pretty good. That's a lot to lose. Now, I don't think Blue, White, and Soul is going to be any less good at keeping down Lotus Field. Because I don't think any Blue, White, and Soul player has ever put Luris in their hand when they're playing against Blue, White, and Soul. Because you, if, if you're 
tap three mana to put Luris in your hand, your opponent is killing you on their next turn. Yeah. So you're never doing that. But you do lose a, quite a couple percentage points against other decks. So there's something... There is, now that I'm thinking of that, an argument we made, and it might actually mean, in a weird fashion, that we actually get less hidden strings, so less... I'm just going to use Lotus Field as the example here. Um, applies to all these decks, like Jeskai Ascendancy 2. That we see actually less of that, because, for example, so we'll see more Azorius Control, because they... Because Lurus was relevant in those matchups. So that matchup becomes worse. But it wasn't actually relevant for Lotus Field at all. So you don't actually see more Lotus Field. You will see a little less aggro and just a little more blue-white control. And the, the real egregious decks where Lurus didn't even come in, they might somehow stick around. But then again, if you then see less aggro decks because people are playing more control because it came there then less aggro decks probably means more of a reason to play lotus field but we can definitely get to a point where this ban leads to less degenerate combo rather than more degenerate combo but i think that would eventually swing around and lead to more degenerate combo but maybe in two weeks we're like hey there's actually less lotus field than i remember yeah. It's weird. Metagames are weird. It's hard to predict it. And we see Pioneer... We, we talked about this last week a little bit, um, how uh, Pioneer's ever-evolving, always doing stuff, and that kind of thing. Um, always changing. And that that's not going to change. If anything, that's going to potentially... You're, I expect the next two weeks for us to see some weird decks pop up in challenges, and especially leagues as 5-0s. Um, because of Lurus being gone. Though, that doesn't necessarily mean those are the mainstays, right? No, it's so... So, there is a shot that any of this all flips around and actually Pioneer becomes more fun, right? It's not... It's not all doom and gloom. I just think it's just such a weird risk to take. I just don't get it. I find the re I, I almost cannot imagine that the reasoning they gave is the actual reasoning they had. Yeah. Because why the fuck would you do this? It doesn't make any sense. I read this whole statement and it's like, I can swap five cards for this and it would be the same announcement and it would justify those cards being banned. I don't understand the concept of a preemptive ban. Like... I, why like are you I said, doing it? I, I think preemptive bans are, are stupid. I agree. Uh, and I will I will always be bitter about Kethis getting preemptively banned. They Especially now, the because they banned Luris, and now Kethis doesn't even have its like main loop anymore. Yeah, here's a... Oh my god, here's another reason why Kethis should come back. It's even worse now. You lost three fairy. You, you lose Luris. Uh, side note, um, Tyrant... I know you're listening. I'm fucking sorry that you lost your your pet deck of Tashar. Because you know what, Alex? He ran four main deck Luris in that deck. Ooh. Yeah, just to have just to have that loop. Yeah, uh, for the, the people who don't two. know for the Kethis deck, if you have a Tashar out, you can use two Luris and two Mox Amber 
right? And they yep. loop in, for infinite, infinite mana. Yeah. So and then if you have uh what's it what's her name out? Diligent excavator out, you just mill your opponent out. Yeah. Like that. Or yourself out with Jace on, on the stack. So but now I don't I don't even know how the fuck I would build Kethis right now. I think I would be tempted to play like four main deck silence. Isn't there I'm, that like three mana two one? Like that artifact guy, and then when he dies, you could bring an artifact back and you could like loop those or something. I thought there was something like that. Because I know that's how they did it in standard. I know it involved that card. There was already a Kethis deck, and then that card was printed, and suddenly it was five times easier to play Kethis. Yeah. It's just, but it feels like it's too slow. It's a super slow combo now. So, anyway, you can absolutely safely unban Kethis because. It lost its like two best cards when it was banned. Three. When it probably didn't need to be banned. Already. Also had, also had Uro. Oh, yeah. So that Uro, Teferi, and, and, uh, and Luris. And all these three cards are banned. And again, Lur- uh, Kethis might have actually been fine to begin with. Mm-hmm. So. Justice for Kethis. <laughs> Bring him back. I will gladly go to an FNM and fucking O3 drop. Do it, you cowards. Like, again, it's just bad. So bad. I guess I can finally finish that article. It's like, Kethis is safe to unban now. <laughs> oh, yeah. Now it's easy. Yeah. Um, I mean, there might have obviously been things in recent sets we didn't look at because it wasn't relevant to look at. But... I mean, you would have to lean heavily into... um, You'd lean more into white to play the uh the legendary stuff like the the search for glory to like go like tutor out like certain things you need and like what maybe like mono white legends would just like devolve into abzon legends with a combo finish yeah but what is your combo then you already have excavator i know it's a blue card but you can like you know these decks that are like three colors, but then there's like this fourth color just randomly chilling there, right? I add yeah. a Gigantha to Azorius vehicles, and I would not call that a four color deck. <laughs> so, even That's though fair. it technically is, and the picture on Goldfish is now Gigantha. Nice. It's a good bait, though. I play against people. You reveal Gigantha. Well, bef- this was especially now that Luris is banned. They're gonna be like Gigantha, and it's like this could literally be anything. But before, I'm like, yeah. oh Niv, I'm like, uh huh. Please mulligan yeah. your fatal push. Yeah. Is, this, <laughs> is this Niv or ascendancy kind of thing? Yeah. Yeah, and they like look at that hand sack. with like four fatal push, and they're like, oh, this has to go. And I'm like, yes, yes. Ah, <laughs> <laughs> uh, yeah. Th- this is creates a lot of interesting dynamics for the uh the pioneer format but it, do, it doesn't come without its negative so I, I think you're right i think preemptive bans are, are frankly dumb um but you'll never make everyone happy like if if you you don't preemptively ban something and then you on the flip side wait too long to ban something like they did for the entire combo summer of pioneer um then you have yeah, other it's cool how they too. fucked it up in both ways. It's impressive. Yeah, it's really impressive how there's like there's three ways to do it. There's too early, too late, and on time. Format's three years old. They've done all three. Like, yeah. 
better out the block. Now, I'm not saying that we should go back to early Pioneer, where every fucking week we were like, well, it's going to get banned now. But mm-hmm. we didn't have to. I was also just so surprised that this BNR was just dropped. Usually they're announced. There's announcements of announcements. They stopped those. And then we could have talked... <laughs> Fuck, is there just a place where I can read up? Like, <laughs> they should just have, like, a post I can go back to titled, How We Do Shit. And they can do, <laughs> how do we do BNRs? Are blocks a thing? Right? Like, also a thing that confuses me. Where are we now with updating our card stock? Because it seems to have gotten worse again. Like, I would just like a How We Do Shit update. And then an arena schedule that doesn't put Pioneer in the third quarter of 2020 and then just doesn't fucking do it. Like, and then stops <laughs> mentioning the word Pioneer. <laughs> really? Didn't they literally say standard starting from Return to Ravnica? Yeah, it's a blast it's like, for the past. Really, thing. my guy. <laughs> yeah, and, and then it's like, uh, then they'll be like, yeah, we're, we're looking and keeping our eyes open for a, a alternate, like, eternal formats to put on the client. Everyone's just like, Pioneer. Like, are yo. You, <laughs> are you fucking, like, what? <sighs> yeah, but Brad, the brilliant, like, AI that can put cards in Arena has just been on a three-year. It, it got COVID. It got, it got a long COVID, right? It's still yeah. out. It's not doing very well. It's trying to recover. They're trying to like train another one, but God, like training AI takes forever, you know. And yeah, I've code is hard, scripts, so we can't copy paste it from the old one that's sick. Like no, because that has the COVID in it now. So if we copy paste that, it's just gonna copy the COVID with it. So just... uh, I don't think there's ever gonna be a day in which Wizards doesn't make me just so unhappy in some way. Yeah, <laughs> like, like okay, how do you? It's so fuck like the dichotomy of this goddamn company is so <laughs> ridiculous because on one hand they'll drop like a, a set like uh like uh Neo, Neo Dynasty yeah and I'm like oh my god this is fucking amazing and then they'll just do random shit and you're like oh okay you just win out of my sales um I yeah but, generally the people <clears throat> who make the game at Watsi are incredibly fucking good at what they do. Literally everyone else sucks. Like, li- uh, sorry, mar- marketing team, like uh, posters, that sort of thing, the anime sport, like that was all cool too, right? Oh, as long great. as it has to do with the game, like actually the game, the art, the cards, the mechanics, these people know what they're doing. Everyone else is a fucking idiot. You know what, Alex? I have the perfect eye bleach for you. Okay. We spent too much time on Make My Coffin. Okay. We've we've gone through that subreddit for a bit too long. Now it's time <laughs> to go back to eye bleach. Look at some nice puppies and stuff and, and get the get the nasty gore and violence out of our eyes and our system, okay? Sure. Last week we talked about and I asked you Are there going to be any big effects? to control decks should we actually get the triumphs and hey they've been officially revealed as because new cabana spoilers have officially started Whoa! well not, not yet. eternal be, hype yeah um, it'll it, they'll they'll be um they'll actually start for real i think at the end of this month or beginning of april 
um, is when they'll actually start. Uh, but we got some time. But they gave us a little teaser. We got the five new triumphs, which are not called triumphs. They're uh, they're like the names of like rooms and buildings. And then we <laughs> Sir, also that got sentence. My fucking god. They're the names of rooms and buildings. Is what <laughs> yeah. they're called. Um, so they're not legendary. Thank fuck. No. And then uh, we also got one ascendancy card. We're gonna get uh, ascendancies for the. Uh, these are shards, right? Yeah. So we got shards. So we got the five triumphs in Jund, Grixis, Bant, Esper, and Naya. And then we're also going to be getting ascendancies. Good job on nailing the shards. Yeah. People always uh, forget one, myself included. I've, I've. That's the one thing I've gotten really good at is just remembering <laughs> guilds and shit. <laughs> Um, and then we're also going to get, uh, ascendancy ones. And we also, we did get the Bant one revealed and to give you guys a little bit of a background, I believe. So you have, uh, I'm going to have to pull up the family names real quick just to fucking, I just know the Grixis one is the maestros and I'm happy cause it's the best name. Like, yeah, and there's, there's I like think the, the Bant one is the brokers. Yeah. The Bant one's the brokers. They're, they're demon lawyers. Um, and the so, Junts are just like the pit fighters or whatever. I think they have a literal boxing ring for their triome. So we have Obscura, which is white, blue, black. It's Esper. We have uh, Maestros, which is Grixis. We have Riveters, which is Jund. We have Cabaretti, which is Naya. And then we have Brokers and Bant. Um, and then the respective triomes are Yetmir's Garden, Rafine's Tower, Spara's Headquarters, Xander's Lounge, and Zatora's Proving Ground. Uh, the arts are all fucking ridiculously amazing looking. I'm not gonna lie. Oh, <clears throat> okay. Well, I want to get doesn't like them before because I'll talk about these excitedly. But you know, we're we're still in the building my coffin thing, so I'll get mm -hmm. the one negative thing out of my system. The names are awful, and the art sucks. And I don't mean the art as in how it's made. Beautifully drawn pictures. But I fucking hate what's on them. Xander's launch, you get the option between room with chairs, room with chairs, and something that looks like a card sleeve. Like, that doesn't look like the front of a magic card, it looks like the back of a magic card. Like, I and again, it's Xander's lounge. I think the literal promo art of this set is Xander being killed by Obnixilus. So this is like, dead guy's room. <laughs> like what <laughs> <laughs> and hey, xander's okay. lounge the, the place is empty no no there we're gonna stop you we're, hold, sitting I, at the we're bar. gonna stop you like, you're just bitter because the grix has got the worst one oh, meanwhile for, by far meanwhile, the garden is kind of okay John is kind of okay. John got Zatora's proving ground, and it's a fucking boxing ring, which is also ridiculous. By the it's way, it's so cool. <laughs> I love it. It's so great. You, you are old man yells at cloud. You need to shut the fuck up. These are great. I love all of these. <laughs> They're great. Okay, I will say the the four borderless ones are a little bit too similar to all another. And they're they're kind of like messy in my eyes. I think Raf, uh, Raf, Rafine's Tower is the best looking one of those four ones because I can actually see what's going on and there's a bit different di like differentiation between like colors and stuff. 
Um, but the but like the other ones all look they just look too similar. They're just the they're like the symbol of the house with some pretty colors representing the actual like shard it's in, and then some like other things that represent the house, right? Yeah, like the, so the the garden's kind of alright because it looks the most like a land because it's just like more like nature ish. Yep. Rather than just here's a structure, which strikes more like an artifact card. Um, the tower's okay because that art's just, I don't know, the art's kind of cool. Reminds me of Hallowed Fountain. Still not like the... Yeah, exactly. It's a bit of a Hallowed Fountain reminder. Hey, Grix's one was by far the worst. Okay, um, watch you... Look at I the, saw the, some the, people, the and I would be the same. Fine. If they made a, a secret lair, which is these but triomes, I would you snap can. by it. <laughs> yeah. Well, I mean... Yetmir's Garden, Rafine's Tower, and Spara's Headquarters all look like classic land arts. I think they all look perfect. Um, Xander's Lounge and Zatora's Proving Grounds is where it gets a little weird <laughs> in terms of magic. Um, Have you ever seen that Reddit post of what an island is in magic? A lot of things. And but No, but this, this person starts off with like the original ones. They're just like, yeah, an island, right? There's sea... And there's there's like a piece of land surrounding by sea. Like that's an island. And eventually it gets weirder and weirder. And at one point we get like a hole in the sea. And they're like, this is the literal opposite of an island. <laughs> and then you get like the the one with the like the cup. And they're like, yeah, I guess if you make someone draw the same concept over and over again, they will end up at this weird fucking Dali concept of what we'll think of as an island. <laughs> and that's what the vibe I'm getting with these. It's like, this is really thinly stretching what a land is. But then again, we've had Thespian stage and stuff, which is also literally a stage. So I mean, not much of, of a land either. Speaking of the lands, though, the full art basics are gorgeous all of them just not my style i wouldn't run them but i think they're cool my favorite by far are the islands coincidentally enough yeah they're awesome um i think they look great i I actually like like i I like these pictures i put them on my wall right this is like a thing i'd have on a poster or something super cool i just don't find it fitting for a magic land for me but like these are these are cool and after since we've had like basically special arts in every set and promos and stuff, I've gone a little numb to it, and I'm like, I'm fine. If people think it's cool, whatever. Right? I'm not gonna die on this. Yeah, hill. I don't care. You'll, you'll get yours next set, Alex. Don't yeah, worry. Exactly. Like that's literally what it is now. It's like, hey, we don't have to wait for Zenicar to roll around to get full art basics anymore. You just get them now. And I mean, I have the Kamigawa like, ones now. They're awesome, so I'm happy yeah. for a bit. And that whole idea that people were like worried about um, when that was happening, and it's I mean, they still say that now of like, it just takes away the specialty of like those four art lands and stuff. I'm like, nope. I still like them. Bitch, the full I art Zendikar the... lands are like the most basic thing ever. Yeah. Like if you have full art battle for Zendikar lands, like people are like. <laughs> also, and when people are even like the, the special framings and like, like, do you have like the blood framing from Val and stuff like that? People are like saying when you have all these different styles of frames it started with Icoria, right with the comic book shit it's like it's just it gets overdone and it, there's no longer any special framings and cards and there's nothing special about it but when i still roll up to an fnm and i play the blood tithe harvester where he looks like he's literally just eaten someone and it's super dark and gritty and shit i still people still comment on it it's like oh i haven't seen that one that's really fucking cool so like no but i, I agree 
with those people to the extent that there's but this is just like there's no like right or wrong here at all some people think old magic art the art was wild because the artists generally had their own style i'm pretty sure mm -hmm. that they were just sent like give me your best take on an explosion and that's it and you would get the artist's version of an explosion where with art direction nowadays i think it's much more streamlined and there is a style to a magic card where you yeah. can put rekindling phoenix and glory bringer next to each other and be like yeah that's probably from the same game but yeah. when you put the kaldheim asika's chariot and the blood tithe harvester from like the, the dark version next to each other you're not actually sure if that's from the same game True. so i agree with that but then i'm like magic is generally a game like well i'll say that is true that you get that difference it doesn't fucking matter the moment you play magic for two days you'll figure it out yeah so like it, it's not that big and it's not a hill i'm willing to die on i don't really care and you know what occasionally i see some of these alt arts and i'm like yeah nice i'll buy those oh yeah something for and, everyone right and we act like and it's also so easy such... to ignore right if you just yeah. don't want it don't buy it if you don't like the black and white cards from innistrad just just don't buy them there's the other version too they're the same price and then people are like, oh, but the new players, oh, I'm so fucking sorry. The new players that come into this game, have, that's the least of their worries in figuring yeah. out if the card's the same thing or not. They open Just a companion, that, then they, you have to explain to them that that's actually not how the card works. <laughs> yeah. That's much uh, worse. Or just explain to them how the stack works. <laughs> have fun with that shit. No, I've. it says beginning of combat, but because you've killed my thing before combat, I'm actually still in my main phase. And they're like, what? What is a main phase? <laughs> is it you see that little booklet you got in the challenger deck that you just bought? Uh, there's a little booklet that says all the phases, and they except they open there's it up like and it seventeen more. This, yeah, it rolls out this far. It's like I'm not even joking. It rolls out pretty fucking far. <laughs> little booklet, and there's like oh fuck, and I'm like yeah, should have played arena, huh, dumbass. <laughs> 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 That's how you get in the game. I, I I don't even when if someone wants to learn magic, I'll be like, I'll I'm more than happy to try and teach you. But I'm gonna let you know at the end of this, I'm gonna default and say, go play the tutorial on arena. <laughs> You'll have a much better time. Um and that's usually what, what happens. But it's even but, the one on duels, the one on duels teach me about floating mana. Like, to be honest, in like the first like five minutes of the game they teach you the concept of floating mana and i'm like i think this is the wrong order <laughs> like, yeah how often to... do you actually float mana in this game <laughs> uh but to actually break down the one actual swear we got which is the card that does something we have broker's ascendancy which is just like the other ascendancy cards it's the respective shard or wedge in those colors three mana enchantment does a thing so for bant you get an enchantment. At the beginning of your end step, put a plus one, plus one counter on each creature you control and a loyalty counter on each planeswalker you control. All right. Bant scales. How are we doing it? I mean, come on, Brad. This card is like it's not, not very good. good. No. But in um, all fairness, most ascendancies aren't good. Jeskai yeah. ascendancy is good. Do you yeah. have any clue what Mardu ascendancy does? 
Um, Do you know what Teemer? I think Teemer Ascendancy gives haste. Teemer and I think Sultai Ascendancy mills you? Mills you or something? Um, I, uh, exactly. Hmm. <laughs> I don't remember. Okay, but hey, maybe the Naya... Okay, I, I'm going to keep an eye on the Naya one, because if the Naya is anything similar to Jeskai Ascendancy, I'm basically thinking... I fucking hope the Grixis one has Flash. Like, <laughs> please, let me play it. Please, <laughs> exactly. give me a card. I just, just want a crumb, a crumb of Grixis. <laughs> just... Uh, to be honest, I'm already happy if this set literally just gives me triomes, but like, it would actually be cool if I get an actual card with a Grixis mana cost that is actually good. Like, that is just uh, straight up blue-black-red, and is actually like a cool card to play. Maybe you'll get a three-drop plane. What if we get a cycle of planeswalkers? Like, all the bosses are not creatures, they're planeswalkers. Oh my god, no. And they're all three drops. In Can the, we in please the stop printing three mana planeswalkers? <laughs> do it, do it, do it, do it, do it. <laughs> Oh, you fucking watch like the best Grixis card. The red mana cost is going to be hybrid and it's just going to go into Mir. <laughs> Fuck! <laughs> but it'll show up as Grixis or Goldfish and then people will en- infinitely link me the deck. And it's like, oh, there's Grixis control now. And it's like, that's a Demir it's deck. Not, Fuck it's off. Not, it's not Grixis. It's not the same. Uh, but yeah, I, I think it's. Uh... You know, it's just it's, red Mardu Ascendancy, my fucking god. Is it bad? I'm Isn't sure this bad. a hell of a Mardu card? Um, whenever a non-token creature you control attacks, create yep. a 1-1 red goblin creature token that's tapped and attacking. Okay. Sacrifice Mardu Ascendancy. Creatures you control gets plus 0, plus 3 until end of turn. <laughs> so a card that cares about you being on the offensive is But then make sure you have enough toughness. So you're hard to block. I mean, to be honest, you're making combat really fucking hard for your opponent at that point, but... We weren't even playing this magic in 2015. Like, we often talk about, like, oh, this would be cool in 2018 magic. This would be cool in 1999 magic, like Fires of Yavimaya. Ugh. (laughs) Fuck out of here. Uh, Shout out to people who know what Fires of Yavimaya does. (laughs) <laughs> if you want to know more of my thoughts specifically on uh the triumphs coming to pioneer i did write an article for playingpioneer.com saying or called the impact of triumphs or the completed triumph cycle on pioneer um so i kind of dive into like cards or decks that are already existing that get affected and get boosted uh previous archetypes that are no, not really a thing or aren't a thing anymore because of the mana being really bad uh, and then I also listed the trap decks of like, you may think you want to try them, but don't fucking run the triumphs. <laughs> so, yeah, I'm like personally, obviously, Grixis, right? I'm yeah, very happy about this. And I think it's because I the other day I was trying this thing where um, I really like the idea because. Um, a lot of people do this already, and I read a Reduke article a while back that talked about this a lot too. Is that you should probably run more lands. Yeah. And I'm currently on 27 lands, and I just want lands that do things. So I actually run a Blast Zone, which absolutely manhandled an Ors of Oros player and an FNM I played Friday. 
Because um, it turns out if your port's entire board is one CMC, then drawing an drawing an unthought seizable board wipe is pretty good. Yeah, I mean, you um, just play it three mana. Bye bye. Yeah, which is exactly what I did. But and in that, like figuring it out, I kept. I had fetid pools, which is the Demir cycle land, and Canyon. Slough? Slow, slew. I never know how to pronounce that. It's. I think it's. It's like slow or, or slaw. I, I always is, read it as sloth because I know that's not right. Um, which is Directos one, and I kept looking at my mana, and it's like, what do I do with this? And I messaged you. It's like, God, I'd be fucking glad if I had a triome now. Mm-hmm. And well, we got it. Um, you got it. Yes. Now you just run four of those, and you don't but, run those fucking cards anymore. Yeah, and you were really figure out and i honestly think that the mana base now with pathways and slow lands is actually pretty good yeah um so i i do think obviously the triomes are an upgrade but i don't think it's like oh my god this these decks like we have now unlocked the secrets of playing esper now you 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 could play esper before right this just made it a little easier, and this made it more reasonable to run more lands, which is powerful, right? Your 24-land deck can now more easily be a 26-land deck because you weren't running irrigated farmlands, which was a bit awkward because you wanted black mana early, and now you can run that deck with 26 lands, and that means you might think you're more prone to flooding, but because your lands cycle and maybe your Grease Fang deck can now run one or two mech hangers, you can actually get more out of your mana base. So, quote unquote, flooding is no longer a thing in your deck, and you now only lose decks to being games to being mana screwed and never really to being flooded. And that is like a, a solid upgrade to your deck. So, uh, as always, run more lands. If you think you run enough lands, you should probably add a land. In the article, I did mention fires decks being uh, in the incarnation builds and like four color fires. Grixis fires we've seen periodically every now and then. So maybe that could be a thing now. I mean, that's that's definitely like a that's a yeah, that's a real winner. Because like getting get in the triome and being able to cycle it away for uh, kind of free because of fires is is a big deal. We're doing anything with that mana anyway. Yeah, that's why the fires. But I mean, we saw that Corey Ballmeister and we were like hailing him as a genius when he just started running like he started running like a four of Ketria triome in addition to the Rogan triome and his Jeskai fires. And everyone's like, "You're not running green. What the fuck are you doing?" It's like he's like, "I wanted more cycling lands. I'm not doing anything with the mana." And everyone's like, holy shit, you're a genius. You're fucking smart. <laughs> um, so, like, you know, that's a thing. Uh, and I think Grixis Fires is kind of cool. Like, the Super Friends route, like, Narset, Nicol Bolas, Angrath, Sarkin. That sounds fun. Oh, you go way off the deep end immediately. I love it. Yeah. Just like, Narset, Bola, Sarkin, Angrath. It's like, oh, no, we've got Brad talking about Red Planeswalkers. <laughs> How would you not run Sarkin in that deck, though? At least a one of. True. Like, I'm running a bunch of... Play- I mean, we don't have... Oh, well, yeah, you run Chandra, of course. But um, there's really no... 
there's really not that many good low CNC planeswalkers in those colors besides Narset. Like, yeah, there's Liliana the Last Hope, but like, you're going to run that and fire. Maybe you do. Maybe you do for early game. Kind of be that pseudo, uh, uh, what's it called? I, mean, I don't know wall. about you, but if I'm playing a fire deck, I'm slamming four drops, slamming Gonti. No, I'm not slamming Gonti, but. Um, Kalidus. Kalidus. I mean, Kalidus and Bolas make for some pretty nasty four, four drops to uh, follow up a fire as well. Mm. Laker the Dead. Nice. I Okay, side note. I have been, I think I said it last week, I'm going to say it again. I have been so fucking impressed by Liliana's Death Majesty in Rakdos midrange. Like, unbelievably impressed with that card. Like, I almost want a second one, but I don't think I'm gonna. I'm a little afraid of adding a second one. But I almost want a second one, Alex. It's really, really good. Have you tried Dreadhorde General yet? I, I'm not jumping up to six, man. I'm not a madman. <laughs> Um, I think Dreadhorde General is a really cool card. I liked playing it, like in standard. Oh, I love that card in standard. I remember, I remember having my games be really close in standard when I played that card. I'm just imagining Pioneer. I'm like, yeah, that's not gonna fucking work here, dude. <laughs> like, I've but gone Brad, against people where they two played edicts. it. It's so good against Auras. <laughs> oh yeah, great. <laughs> when it, you... my my opponent slapped it out against me before, and just I'm like, wait till I get to six mana. Yeah. They're, they're like okay i'll minus and i'm like okay that's yeah that's cool okay yeah guess what i have i have den of the bugbear <laughs> oh wow bitch. you 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 broke the parody because you didn't have any creatures except you didn't draw any cards either now but hey yeah though maybe maybe that kind of deck okay i could see that in like a um a deck that runs like lolth at a decent number, and then you were like one. Oh, that's a good uh, one too. Dread Horde, uh, Arcanist. I'm oh, not Dread Arcanist. Jesus Christ. Um, general. Oh, general. Because then you can sack the spiders and all that shit. So that'd be, that'd be kind of cool. I mean, there are, there are a bunch of standard cards that we haven't really tried in Pioneer because I just, uh, just I don't know. Did it feel like it? I guess. <laughs> but Walth is really cool. I think Walth's a good card. Spiders I honestly, nice. I don't think I've ever had it cast against me yet. I have no idea what to make of that card. Looks, looks all right. Uh, I've had it cast against me in historic. Well, even there, I somehow avoided it when I played it for a bit. It's mostly played in standard. Pretty much exclusively yeah. played in standard. In what? Uh, Orzov control. No, I mean in in what you mean like that that weird alchemy like thing. Yeah, uh, where it, it, they actually eroded her to make eight spiders when she comes in. Oh yeah, that's that's fitting for a spider, it's, right? It should be eight. Yeah, yeah. It's not even it's not even a minus anymore. It's a straight up ETB create eight spiders. <laughs> God, that's one hell of a buff to Ishkana, Ishkana, isn't it? <laughs> yeah, I love Ishkana. <clears throat> Circle of Dreams Druid, play this. Make eight. <laughs> Make eight green, play Ishkana, activate Ishkana, boom. Um, what I just thought of was uh, Reckoner Bankbuster in Sultai or Jun Delirium. Didn't we see uh, 
we actually saw that rock deck the other week. Yeah, it was a, it was a Golgari rock deck that ran two of those, yeah. But this also allows you to have Delirium. I still think Oath Anissa is is a right decision to have a two of at least in a Delirium deck. I have you're very so, little to say on Delirium decks. I have no. I, so I played against Oxon Greasefang the other day, which had a Delirium package, which was pretty cool. Yeah, they they keep flip flopping between the Delirium package and not. Um, though I will say the Abzan one has a has an actual legitimate turn three kill, or I'm sorry, turn four kill. Um, as opposed, I mean, I guess Esper does as well if you get it turn three and then a swing again in turn four. But turn four, you're like, you turn three, you go rotting Registrar. Your opponent doesn't kill it. Yeah, I played Upkeep. against that. Yeah, discard that, and you're like, I'm staring down 22 points of damage. Yeah, I, I guess to... Um, or no, excuse me, it's, it's exactly 20, right? Yeah, exactly 20. Yeah. Um, to move from Capena into, you know, actually sort of talking about the Neon Dynasty, because that's, you know, surprisingly enough, it doesn't feel like it, but that's actually the newest set. I, I know, um, it's weird. Yeah. Um, we have obviously the Lurus decks that are all gonna change somewhat. I don't think too much. I'm not surprised if some of them actually are just like, okay, and they throw out the Lurus and they just continue doing what they're doing and they might actually forget to put a 15th card in their sideboard. Um, but there's obviously, there's other decks. Um, already talked about the Rise of Blue-Eyed Control, which at this point is the third most played deck according to Goldfish, which, uh, you know, who'd have thought that instant speed prismatic ending is a good card? Not me. Never would have thought that. <laughs> wasn't on, wasn't on our uh, collective top 10 or anything with Goldfish. Nope. And actually quite a few copies of Farewell, which has obviously made these matchups like uh, Rector Sacrifice. And I mean, I wouldn't say Auras because it is a six-mana card. Like, you must have been doing other good things, like March of Order, Worldly Light, to get to turn Be six. Being able to snipe their ethereal armor off of them does slow down their clock quite a bit. Yeah, like, considerably. Um, Actually, this is a uh, quick thing with light pools. Make sure if you don't want them to have a specific aura... You do it in combat, because otherwise they have lost an aura with a similar name, and they can cast any other aura and just fetch it back up. Um, quick thing I just thought about, and I would have probably lost the game too if I... Well, that's the type of thing that I definitely fuck up once before I figure it out. I probably fuck up twice before it's stuck in my head. Um, so there's always control come up, and... People are still messing around with the Grease Fang, and I've played against both versions at this point. I don't know if you have. Yep. Um, I talked with the people who piloted it um, about what they thought about it. I've seen other discourse about it. Um, last week, I said that I think Upson is better. After playing against it, I almost know Upson is better. Mm -hmm. Like, I don't know how your opinion has changed since you've played against the decks. Um, I definitely think Opson's better. Um, <clears throat> so much like, cause I've, I put, there's two players at my locals that are playing Grease Fang. One's playing Esper, one's playing Opson. Um, and the Esper one, I don't even feel like it's a game. I've, I've played against him four matches so far. I'm six, I'm eight and no against him. 
on Esper. Grease Fang, I've played twice and I've split one on one, and then both games went to game three. Yeah, I I had so, the thing where um, I played all in different decks, by the way. I think when I upset the other day, I think I played like five or six games because we were just kind of jamming games over Discord. Well, spell table. Um, and I think that he actually. Uh, I was playing Elves, arguably not the best deck in the format, and also a deck that gets fucking destroyed by Culling Ritual, um, which turns out is a good sideboard card. Especially if they spend that mana on Tassigers and the Seekers Chariots and uh, Rotting Regisars and suddenly it becomes really hard to attack them. But I played in that matchup, and some of them went quite long, because, again, Rotting Registrar doesn't have evasion, and I have make a million one-ones with Warmaster and that sort of thing, so easy to block. And I think I got Parhelioned in one match, uh, one game. And still, every da- every um, game we played, it was just like he was playing like legit magic, interacting, threats... Um, you know, so threats, removal, um, attacking, blocking. But if I didn't pay attention, I'd be one-shot by a Parhelion. And that just felt so good. Like, it felt like such a good deck. Where I didn't have that thing at all when I played against Esper, or even I watched Esper. Now, some of them have, like, started running uh, Tezzeret, which gives you a somewhat similar idea to the Upzone one, where you have other threats, but it's still, like, one. So I'm still not very convinced. Upzone, like, that deck's the shit. That deck's real. I was looking at, um... I was seeing if there was any, uh... <clears throat> good Devoid spell. That'd be kind of a cool tech against, uh... Uh... Auras, because colorless, they can't protect it with uh, Alcyon Vice Bounty. Um, The only ones that are devoid in Sarah Sorceries that do anything like that, there's Complete Disregard, Instant, Devoid, Exile. It's three mana. Exile, target creature with power, three or less. They're going to get out of range of that pretty quickly. And then there's Oblivion Strike, four mana, Devoid, Exile, target creature. Um, uh, there's also um, Grip of Desolation for 6 mana No there's one and a red to deal to It's basically Stomp But you don't get the Bone Crusher Giant Because I know people uh, were Reality running Hemorrhage that, Yeah people were running that At least thinking of running that against Sanctifier Ilvec in Modern As a way to kill that But then realize Pyrite Spellbombs is better at doing that But mm-hmm. they were cut, that was in a Similar vein I mean that's that's kind of cool. Want to run a, a Vraska's contempt against Auras? Hmm. Not too keen. I'll. Uh, that, that won't be too slow at all. No. No, my current sideboard plan against that deck is um, pray. No, I think I'm up to thirteen one or two mana removal spells post board. Turns out that does the trick. Yeah. Pretty well. Yep. With, yeah, I'm sure. I'm sure it does. What is it? Four fatal. I, I'm currently. I mean, my my deck list 
it's a mess. Like there's so many one-offs in it. I think it just get it, it gave you a headache the moment I showed you a picture. Um post board i'm at four fatal push one heartless act one power word kill um two a braid two magma spray um an erebosis intervention a moment of craving and then something else i don't anymore late at night um so yeah (laughs) blanking a little bit well, uh, we were going to do a thing about challenges and stuff, but seeing that it's a band announcement and all that good stuff, uh, it's probably not the most amazing thing. Uh, I can tell you that Lotus Field won one of the challenges, and then Five Color Humans won the next challenge. So if you're worried about, you know, Luris decks and all that kind of stuff, and all, or you had any reservation about that prior to the banning, I guess don't worry about it. Five Color Humans was uh, Dex taken dope. down. Yeah. Like, I'm a big fan of this deck. Man, this rider's so cool. I've played mono-white humans, I've played ores of humans, I built banned humans, and now we just have all of it in Mantis Rider. Like, just in one deck. Like This deck rocks. Not to be confused with The Rock. No, not to be confused with uh, Golgari mid-range decks. Yeah, or Dwayne Johnson, to be fair. <laughs> uh, but before we go, before you do reminder stuff like that, uh, Alex, seeing that Luris is dead and shall never be named again what are some three or greater cmc cards that you think will actually have a shot in the format or if you're interested in picking up trades in an lgs or whatever and you see it in a binder what are you picking up i think and this is one that's already seen play um i think this made karn an even better card um oh yeah surprisingly enough um we already mentioned liliana of the liliana the last hope Yep, and that's very good. Liliana Waker of the Dead, uh, Chandra Torch of Defiance, uh, picked up actually a lot of Planeswalkers. I'm thinking of Gideon, Ally of Zendikar, that yeah, definitely gave a lot of equity. Uh, because that's kind of a thing we had lacking in Pioneer for a while. People, that's kind of like what people liked. It's like, man, there's all our Planeswalkers going around, and it's like, yeah, that's because we don't have Ren and Six, so we can't put any in. Apparently, twenty percent of our decks. Mm-hmm. Um. But I think that card picks up a lot of equity. I think we can start looking at like bigger curve toppers again. I think the dragons from um now this is gonna take specific decks. But for example, the uh the dragons from Kamigawa might mm-hmm. pick up some stock. Um I can now see Annex in red, uh, in red decks. Maybe we could start doing some Ember Cleave, I think is another one that oh, was yeah. unable to be ran in aggro decks. Bone Crusher Giant. I mean, my God, people are not going to be people are not going to be happy to see that card again. If they're playing thick red, though, they've already seen it. True. Um, I think something like an Soul type of deck could be looking at Brazen Borrower. Ooh, I think that's definitely yeah. a card that picks up some stock because that actually, again, similar to Bone Crusher Giant, just priced you out. Oh, and they can stop with the art. Like rogues had the thing of like, do I do you go low to the ground for Luris, or do you play like you know, brazen borrower or like rankle or like uh, what's the one you like a lot? The four mana one, can't draw a card. Uh, Notion thief. thief. Notion thief. So yeah, now you can actually do that. Um, let's see. There's uh, Sorin, vengeful bloodlord. Uh, no vengeful bloodlord. Come on, what imperious bloodlord? Yeah, vampires, more vampires. baby more vampires give me more vampires um 
Yeah, you said a lot of the planeswalkers. Uh, I was thinking, I I really want to see Liliana, heretical uh, healer, get some play. I think that's been underexplored. Um, I had one, and now I'm blanking out on it, and I'm really sad. Oh, a feather, like actual feather, instead of you know featherless feather. <laughs> um, yeah, I think that's. There's like Elder Gargroth, like bigger green things, Questing Beast maybe. I think I think Questing Beast is a good one. I think to a large degree, it's going to be that we we can now look at more classic curve toppers, right? Like yeah. Rekindling Phoenix too. Now, a lot of these cards are very slow. Um, but that's definitely a thing that since Luris, we basically haven't done, right? Think of, uh, oh, Hazard the Fervent, for example. Oh, uh, when we saw that red yeah. deck in standard, that it had chain whirler, um, but it was generally a pretty low to the ground aggro deck. But instead of that, like Luris, when I run out of gas, they just made sure that their curve was a little higher, and they had some sort of experimental awesome curve frenzy. Experimental frenzy, for example, that's really the type of card that that decks just really without Luris. Nobody just ran a deck like that because you didn't need an awesome curve topper because once you ran out of mana, you just cast a companion. Yeah. So I think all these cards um, we had... Now, this card I don't think is particularly good, but just as an example, we had that 4-mana 3-3 Flying Haste um, from Kamigawa that I think when it attacked, it got a counter and then dealt a damage for every modified creature you have or something. Yeah, the dragon. Yeah, those sort of like aggressive, hasty, but a bit thicker cards. Like, I think think those are going to be very good. So I'd mostly be looking at like red. I think red has a lot of cool options. They've printed a lot of like good dragon. I mean, Goldspan dragon, right? Like, we can really see those cards picking up quite a lot of steam now. And that, that is exciting. Yeah, definitely. I like me um, some big cards. We all have a little bit of a Timmy inside of us, you know. And they is it Timmy is the one that plays the cool card. Yeah, Johnny's the combo player, and then Spike is the competitive player. I thought Timmy was the combo player. I'm not sure, um, well, but yeah, I I want to I want to cast me some big spells sometimes. I'm I'm excited to see that again. Like Ors of Humans topping off with Out of Dawn Sky. Like, yes, please. Well, if you are excited, cards. if you are excited for big cards like Alex's, you can let him know at Disciple Bolas on Twitter. You can find me at Twitter at Bradsifer. We also have Ink Gaming stuff. Uh, go inkgaming.com. The two links in the description available. You can get some merch from Pioneer Perspective, all that good stuff. Play Away, which we are the official podcast of the Play Away Discord server. We got another link if you don't want any cool stuff from Ink Gaming, at least anything with Pioneer Perspective on it, but you see some other cool things like the Crew Three ones and things like that. You can use that link and help, you know, still support the show in general. Uh, and of course, we do have our Patreon, which is, like we said last week, it's been officially launched. Right now, we do have the current tier being only the $3 tier, which gives you a shout out uh, on the show, which, of course, thank you so much to Bridger and uh, Sir Epic for helping us out and kind of giving us your, your donations. And you, it's just appreciated. And of course, Alex, your friend, Kevin Anchor. Kevin, hi Kevin. 
Look, everybody, Kevin's back. <laughs> Kevin, we love you, Kevin. Uh, Kevin, please. <laughs> I had to think of that immediately when you said it like that. Yeah, it's it's it's. I, I that's one of my favorite episodes. I just I love that little like like we love you, Kevin. With the glove in the background, please. Yeah, but like with a glove, punch yourself. Like it didn't hurt. Do you want it to hurt? It is like that like metal glove, glove with yeah. the spikes. This kid's radical. Ah. Uh, but yeah, uh, thank you so much for all of you guys. Uh, you're the best. Um, and of course, you can find Alex and I and other amazing pioneer content creators writing articles for PlayingPioneer.com. Again, that is PlayingPioneer.com for any articles regarding Pioneer and any other cool content. Uh, we got some recent ones that I did, uh, the mailbag one, as well as the, um, the effective triumphs on the format. Um, we have more ones coming out. Alex is working on some and so am I, but yeah, it's, uh, it's all coming together. We're getting there. And that also has a Patreon. So if you want to support the site, you can <laughs> so do that. Either way, you're helping out feed somebody. It's the end of the day, <laughs> but thank you guys for listening. Uh, we hope to hear you guys, uh, hear from you guys about any kind of feedback, mailbag questions, that kind of thing. And uh, we'll see what this new non-Luris world has in store for us. But until next week, bye-bye. Bye-bye, everyone.